0: Welcome. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life. We feel, as a church, that is a high value. They need to see mom and dad. Grandparents, adults who are important in their life model worship. In song, listening to the preached word, don't fall asleep. Okay, that's not a good model. Okay, don't do that. So that's one reason. The second reason is this. As our kids, uh, as the kids go through uh, the preschool time, the preschool years, move upstairs to the uh, in children years as far as gr- grade school years, Once they move out of the sixth grade, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to transition to this, okay? And we believe by doing this once a month, which will be the last Sunday of every month, by doing this once a month, it will help with that transition so that when they finish the sixth grade, going into the seventh, it will not be so difficult for them to to be here in this setting uh, every week. Okay, so that's a couple of reasons why we have went to Family Sunday. So that being said, I am so glad all of you are here today. Boys and girls, look at me. Okay, (laughs) don't look at them. Okay, so I need all of you to turn around and look at me. Okay, who was here last Sunday? Charlie, you were here last Sunday. Do you remember the Bible story from last week? You do not remember. You've slept since then. Caden, you remember. What was it? Noah's Ark. That is correct. We studied about Noah's Ark last week. And if you remember how we talked about that, the, the boat that God told Noah to build, God gave Noah clear instructions on how to build that boat. Well, what was, the boat was all about being the rescue for the people on the earth at the time who followed God. That was all of eight people. Eight people. Noah, his wife, Noah's three sons, and their wives. Eight people on the entire earth were the ones that were on the boat. Okay, so we talked about that last week. And the boat was God's rescue. (coughs) So let's, let's fast forward to what happened after the ark. So after the waters went down, the boat came to rest on a mountain. That's what the Bible says, okay? The doors were open. Noah and his family, they walked out of the ark, okay? God gave them, listen, God gave them clear instructions. This is what he said. I want you to scatter, scatter across the earth and to grow your families. That's what God told Noah and his sons, okay? So his sons and their wives were to have children. And they would continue to spread across the earth. Well, they were doing that. But something happened. Let me, t- let me share with you what happened. One day, as the people were traveling through the valley, they came to a, a, a place, a spot that they really liked. And this is, what they, this is what they said to themselves. We don't want to scatter across the earth like God told us to. Let's build a city right here. Let's build a tower to the heavens so that we can be famous, so that we could reach God. That's what they were thinking. That's what they said. Okay? Here's the thing. They were not doing what God told them to do. They were being disobedient. Now, I know none of you have ever been disobedient to your parents, right? You have? Everyone has. That's right, Charlie. Thank you for being honest in church. <laughs> okay. So I have a question. Does any, do any one of you know how many languages are spoken on the earth? A thousand? A thousand, a little bit more than that. There are actually 6,900 different languages that are spoken in the world today. That's crazy, ain't it? That's not God, I promise. Okay? Now, you're going to see Pastor Lynn up on the stage in a little bit, okay? There are actually 6,901 languages spoken. He speaks redneck English. Okay? So there's that many. Let me share with you, hey, let me share with you the top five languages that are spoken in the world. Okay? Okay? First one is Chinese. The reason it's number one is Chinese is because there's more Chinese people in the world than there are any other people. Okay? The next was Spanish. You're right, Charlie. The next is English. I've never heard of this one. Hindi. H-I-N-D-I. Hindi. And the last one is Arabic. What's Arabic? It's a, it's a language that's spoken in the Middle East. Okay? Now, that's a lot of languages. Have you ever wondered why there's so many people speaking so many different languages? I have. It comes from the Bible story today. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Oh, you're just babbling. Yes, I've yeah, heard someone say. It. Okay, what that means is this: it comes from this Bible story that I just shared with you about the story where the people wanted to build a tower. God called that place where that happened Babel. Babel. He did. And that's why we have so many different languages. All these people were together, building, building this tower, going higher and higher and higher, trying to get closer to God. Be famous. I want to be famous. Look at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's how God put a stop to that. He made one person speak a different language than this person over here. And that person over there spoke a different language. And this person over here spoke a different language. Up until that time, they all spoke the same. Okay? So God confused their language. that they would stop building the tower and focus on him. Look at this poster I have. This is what it may have looked like. We've got this big guy here behind this desk giving out the plans, right? These other people are looking at him. They're confused now because God confused their language. They couldn't understand what he was saying anymore because God did that. And so the reason God did that, he was saying, I am most important. I am the most famous All, everything goes to me. It's all about me. That's what God was saying. It's not about you, and that's still true today. It's all about God, okay? Now, I am so glad, again, that you're here today. And I want you guys to do your best, listen, do your best to listen to the instructions of your mom and dad, okay? Don't be like these people. They didn't listen to the instructions of God. But God wants you, God wants you to listen to the instructions of your mom and dad. Okay? All right. Anybody have any questions? I'm so glad you're here today. My friend Darren right here has some papers that he wants to give you and some take-home cards about our Bible study today. And you and your parents can go over this with you more in depth. Okay? So you can stand and go to Mr. Darren, and uh, he'll help you out with that. Okay? So, since we have the children with us today, how many of you
1: children have a dog at home? Raise your hand if you've got a dog. Can I help? A cat. A cat. Yeah, <laughs> dogs. Uh-huh. The the point of us playing that video, and we've been playing it every Sunday in this series, we're talking about being loyal. Uh, and the purpose of it is just show how how loyal that dog was simply because someone fed it. And um the, the thing for us, the point for us to grab hold of is how much more Jesus has done for us. And a lot of everything that Christ has done for us, how we ought to be loyal to Him. We, we live in a world today where people are not very loyal. Uh, They're not loyal to their jobs, they're not loyal sometimes to their family and friends, Uh, even to marriage, to church. People aren't even loyal to our our nation and country anymore. So there's kind of a a major problem with loyalty in the world uh, that we live in. Today we're going to talk about this. We're we're going to be focusing upon how we ought to be uh, passionate and loyal when it comes to Jesus Christ, that we ought to be really excited about him, passionate uh, about him more than anything else. And one way to communicate our passion to Jesus and to other people is for us to be loyal, for us to, to live for Jesus, to try and do the things that Jesus uh, wants us to do. I'll, I'll say a lot more about that in a minute, but uh, watch the screen for a second.
0: They get a win for the first time in 635 days, and the wait is over because they get to see Baker Mayfield on the field tonight. What a treat! This has been to have Joe Thomas on the set as well with us. Yeah, riding through What's the game. What's up, weekend. Joe? What's up, man? Reddy What's up, Joe? Running up and down the God, sideline. Michael Irvin was blessed What a night this has been!
1: Now, the reason I played that is about a, a week ago, the Cleveland Browns, who had not won a single game in 635 games, finally won a game. That's why you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. You know, that's why they were so pumped up and why they were so excited, because after all that length of time, now, you don't want to talk about having a winning season. It's been a while since they had a winning season, uh, you know, also, but all through that drought, their their fans, for the most part, were, were faithful. They showed up, and, uh, and, and guys, I'm not necessarily a Cleveland Browns fan, but when I watched some of that game the other night, I was pulling for them because they were the underdog, you know, uh, I've been there when the Panthers had not won anything for quite a while, too. Uh, so I kind of know how uh, uh, how they felt. And, and then as their new quarterback, because uh, uh, they had drafted him. He had not had a chance to play a whole lot, but they drafted him. And he came in, and he played great. And, and that was him running off at the end of the video. And, and everyone was shouting and, and excited. I, I can pretty much guarantee you who's going to be the quarterback the, the next game, I think, uh, when they play. But, but the point, once again, I want to make is this. It's great to be excited about your sport teams. It's fine to be passionate about that and and, and celebrate those types of things. But but listen, for you and I as Christians, we ought to be more passionate and more loyal to Jesus than anything else in our life. And and that's kind of what the the message is going to be uh, about today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3, 4, and 5. No, I'm not reading all three of the chapters. Uh, at all, uh, but we're going to walk through a story in those chapters about the disciples. And as we walk through this story about the disciples, we're going to see these disciples being persecuted and beaten and threatened and told to shut up about Jesus and not talk about Jesus anymore. But we're also going to see these same disciples who are thrown in prison, beaten with all that stuff. We're going to see them still be loyal to Jesus. We're going to see them still be passionate about Jesus, even though they went through all of these, uh, these problems. Uh, if you would, and, and Daryl had mentioned this to uh, everyone, but today when, we, when we're doing these family days, it is an opportunity for your children to see you worship. I, I want to also suggest, especially today because the way I'm walking through these scriptures, it's also an opportune time for you to pull your Bible out and, and for you to point to your Bible and show your children and let them see you read the Bible and the, and the importance of the Bible. And I hope you don't just do it here. I hope you do it at home uh, with them also. But uh, if, if you'll turn to Acts chapter 3, and it's really verse uh, uh, 4 through 6, I think i got a, a typo up there. But uh, stand with me in honor of God's Word, and let's uh, read the beginning of, of this story. <clears throat> the background to it, before I read these verses is that Peter and John were walking along the way and uh, there's this man that was lame uh, over here and he couldn't walk. And, and he's over there begging for money and people to help him. So as, uh, as, as Peter and John are walking by, he's kind of calling out to them and hoping they would give him some money. Uh, so here's what happened. Uh, Peter directed his gaze at him, this, uh, this beggar, this lame man. <coughs> and as he did... Uh, as he did, uh, John, and and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. So here Peter and John are, are telling this lame man, look at us. And they fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, expecting money. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says uh, immediately they took him by the hand and, and they helped him get up and he walked. You can be seated. <coughs> you, you would think everybody would be happy that this man who could not walk cannot walk. But in reality, the religious crowd wasn't very happy about it at all. There's some of the same religious crowd that was jealous over Jesus, they're jealous over the disciples And they get upset. It it causes kind of a stir. They get jealous over the fact that Peter and John are walking by. And and they heal this guy in the name of Jesus. And because they get really upset about it, they wind up taking them and having them arrested. And even though that happens, we're going to see through this story how passionate they continued to be. And, And it's my hope that we can learn from the example of these disciples how you and I need to be passionate and we need to be loyal to Jesus no matter what it is that we may be facing in our lives also. So I want you to see three main things today. Here, here's the first one. The passion to be loyal to Christ is given to believers by God. And now what I'm saying by that is this. You, you and I don't just naturally have the ability to be passionate and loyal to Jesus. Just like we can't work our way to heaven, we don't have that ability in us, neither do we, just in the power of our flesh and our own ability, have the desire or the fortitude to stay loyal and to really be passionate about Jesus. So look with me here in Acts 4, verse uh, verse 6 through 12. And, and when they had set them in the midst, so they, they, they bring them in and, and they're going to threaten them some more and everything. And they, they say, by what power or, or by what name did you do this? In other words, you know, why did you do this? Who, what power did you use? What name did you do this in to, to heal this man that's, that's lame? Then Peter, I want you to notice this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders... If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed. And, and, and look at the boldness of Peter here. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom man, he's pointing a finger, a bold finger, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. And by the way, they thought they were the builders of religion in in Israel. And he's saying that stone, Jesus, has become the cornerstone. And then verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, now, last week, John Marler, as, as John was, uh, was, was preaching in my place last week, uh, John talked some about Peter and, and how Peter denied the Lord. He gave good lip service. Lord, I'll never deny you. I don't care what the rest of these do. But even though that's what Peter said, guess what Peter did? The exact same thing that Jesus said. This night, you're going to deny me three times. Why did he do that? Because Peter, just in his own self, in his own ability, in his own strength, he was scared to death that the same ones that arrested Jesus would arrest him. So so he was afraid himself within himself, and that's why he denied Jesus. But I want you to notice the change that took place. I want you to know how passionate and loyal Peter is now. He's not shaking in his boots. He's he's not denying Jesus. He's not afraid to affiliate with Jesus, to align himself with Jesus. And to help us understand that, let's ask ourselves, well, what in the world changed Peter? What changed him from being the person that was denying Jesus to the person that's bringing this message today that we see in the scriptures? I think there's at least three things that really changed him. One was the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, yes, he had seen them arrest Jesus. He had seen them take Jesus and abuse him and nail him to the cross, although Peter was kind of watching from the distance. But he had seen that take place. He knew that Jesus had bowed his head and died. He knew that Jesus had been buried and put in a tomb. But when news got to Peter that the Lord was alive he ran there. He ran a little bit slower. Maybe it was because he's older. I think he was a little bit guilty, and a little bit reluctant to run real fast to the tomb because he had denied the Lord. But now this is what's happened. He's he seen Jesus nailed to the cross, buried, and now he sees Jesus alive. I would submit to you. That's one thing that changed Peter and gave him a lot of boldness because now Peter's thinking, man, I saw what they did to Jesus and I see Jesus walking around alive. So I think I'm going to follow him no matter what anybody else says. I'm going to be passionate about him. I'm going to be loyal to him, no matter what anybody else says. Uh, Another thing that changed Peter was this. The filling of the Holy Spirit of God, we read it a moment ago, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not like Peter, you know, self-generating himself to where he's now, big, bold Peter. He saw the Lord, the resurrected Lord, but also the Holy Spirit of God in his life is empowering him and equipping him to be bold and to be loyal to Jesus. And then the third thing that I think changed Peter is this. Remember where Peter denied him three times? We talked some about this last week also. Uh, John did, and I did kind of at the end of the service. Jesus also went to Peter, and he asked him three times, do you love me? He denied him three times, and now he has a chance to tell him three times he loves him. And not only that, Jesus lets Peter know, hey, I'm not done with you yet. Yes, you made a mistake, but I want you to go feed my sheep. I want you to care for my lambs. I want you to feed feed my sheep. So he lets him know, hey, Yes, you messed up, but there's still a purpose in your life. I think all three of those things changed Peter from being the one that was scared, afraid to death, denying the Lord, that night when Jesus was arrested, to being the Peter that we see today in the passage of Scripture, who is boldly pointing his finger in people's faces and telling them what's what, telling them the truth. No matter what they say to him. Not just what changed Peter, but look what Peter said. Peter said. Let it be known to all you. I mean, I can paraphrase that a little bit and say more or less Peter was saying, Hey, I'm putting you on notice. (laughs) I, I want you to clearly understand something this religious crowd he's talking to. Let it be known to you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. Look at the boldness that he has. Look, look at what else he said. Verse 11 to 12. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. You thought you were the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And then catch what he says here. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, now put this in context, they've been threatened, they've been told, hey, quit doing stuff, quit talking in the name of Jesus. And and yet here, he boldly says that Jesus is the reason this man is healed, but he also boldly says this, the only hope you have, the only method of salvation, the only way you can be forgiven is through Jesus Christ. I hope you understand that today because it, and I hope you believe that and I hope you grab hold of it in your belief system because our world today wants to tell us something different. Our culture today wants to tell us well, it's okay as long as you sincerely believe in the name of Buddha or if you, sincerely, if you sincerely believe in in Muhammad or whatever else. If you sincerely believe in the New Age movement, you've got a little divine spark inside of you. That's kind of what our world wants to do today. And when we start saying there's only one name given among men under heaven whereby you can be saved, man, all of a sudden we're a bunch of bigots. You know, all, all of a sudden you know, we're being really, really narrow-minded. And and I've ran into people that would say that, and and here's the response you need to give them. The gospel is not narrow-minded. Jesus died for the sins of everyone. And Jesus stands with open arms, and he says, let whosoever will come. But I hope you understand this today. I hope you've already believed it today. But if you have not, I want you to understand something. And all of our children, please listen to this also. The only way you can be forgiven of your sins, the only way you can go to heaven one day is by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's the only name. He's the only way. There's not anything else you could do. You can't be good enough. You can't say, I'm just going to obey the Ten Commandments and one day go to heaven. You can't believe in anything else and God forgive you. Jesus is the only name that's ever been given. The only chance, the only way that we can be forgiven of our sins. So Peter understood that, and with boldness, he proclaimed it. Second thing I want you to see this morning is this. The most important passion and loyalty in our lives should belong to Jesus instead of something else or someone else. I mean, it's fine for us to have sports teams that we like, it is fine for us to be excited about hobbies and various things in, in our lives. All, all that's fine. But it can't take the place of Jesus in your life. You, you cannot allow the other things that you're interested in, whether it be a sports team or a hobby or whatever it is, we, we can't allow those things to be what we're more passionate about than we are Jesus. Or we're more loyal to than we are Jesus. Look I said in, in, in chapter 4, verse 17 through 20. <clears throat> but in order that it may spread no further among the people, they're, they're getting ready to threaten the disciples again, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. Now, now, get there. They're, they're saying, hey, shut up talking about Jesus. Hush talking about Jesus. And guys, we live in a world today that's of wanting to push back on us and push back on Christianity and push back on the gospel and say, stop talking about Jesus. So, so that's more or less what they're doing here to the disciples. So they call them and charge them. They bring the disciples in and charge them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answer them whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather than to God, you must judge. And then notice what he says. For we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. Do you see that? More, more or less, this Peter, filled with passion for Jesus and loyalty for Jesus, and and now boldness for Jesus, looks at this same religious crowd that he was scared of at one time in his life, and, and he tells them, I don't care what you say to me. You can tell me to shut up. You can tell me to quit talking about Jesus and quit teaching about Jesus, but you have to figure this out. God is more important than you are. Should I listen to you or should I listen to God? And you see, that has to be where we settle in our own lives in the world that we live in, because the world, many people in the world would love for us to shut up about Jesus and they want us to shut up about Jesus. And our response needs to be, I'm going to do what God wants me to do because God's more important than you are. Now I'm going to listen to what God wants me to do. See, the disciples were warned not to teach and speak in the name of Jesus. And his response is, whether it's right on the side of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. Think about what Peter had seen and heard. Peter had heard Jesus teach. Peter had seen all the miracles and everything that Jesus performed. He had seen that firsthand. And he had seen the resurrected Lord. So Peter just simply says this Hey, I have to tell what I know is true. And that's what we need to do, guys. We need to be passionate and loyal to Jesus and say what we know is true. I've talked to people before in my life, and, and sometimes you can try and allude to a track or, or, or even the Bible. And people will say, well, that's just a book. I can write a book. That's what some people think. It's just a book written by men. They don't take time to study and see how it was written over hundreds and hundreds of years and how it had this unity from the beginning to the end and how it's all about Jesus and how the prophecies were written and how all of that was fulfilled about Jesus. They don't take time for that. They, They just say, well, anybody can write a book. That's just a book. Or that's just a track. Well, that's all well and good. But they can't deny what I know Jesus has done in my life. They can't deny what I have seen and what I have heard. And that's where we need to be in our lives as believers, to where we are passionate and loyal for Jesus no matter what anyone is saying to us. you might say, well, how in the world can we be that bold? Well, if you look with me at Acts chapter 4, verse 24 through 31, I would suggest that if we would do what the disciples do here, if we would pray for passion and pray for loyalty and pray for boldness, that God would answer our prayers. You may be someone that's a little bit timid. and You're afraid to share about Jesus. Maybe you need to get off on the side somewhere and get on your face before God and get off of your Facebook. Daryl told me the first service I needed to throw that in. You can thank Daryl for that part of it. Then we need to get on our face before God and we need to ask God to give us boldness. Look what I said here. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. So the disciples went back and shared with the rest of the disciples. Hey, they threatened us. They told us to quit teaching in the name of Jesus. And said, look what they say. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. In other words, I think they're talking to the right person. Amen. They're not worried about the religious leaders or people out in the world. They're talking to the sovereign God that made everything. Let's keep reading. Who through the mouth of a father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, and here we have a, a picture in advance, a prophecy in advance of what of, of what they, they did <laughs> to Jesus. And to be honest with you guys, is a prophecy of what will still happen in the future concerning Christianity and the message of Jesus. Why did the Gentiles rage? and the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's Jesus. For truly in this city, and here's the application Peter's making. Truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. But notice this in verse 28. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place the roman empire might have thought they crucified jesus the religious crowd the, the the high priest and all they might have thought they crucified jesus i've got news for them god had foreordained in eternity past that jesus would die on the cross that they were just doing without even realizing they were doing what god intended to be done and that's what verse 28 means let's keep reading look at their prayer now verse 29 and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And notice what happened. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And notice what they did. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Do you see that? Hey, if you feel a little bit timid, you're worried what someone may say to you, how our culture might treat you, if you start standing for Jesus with passion and loyalty as you live your life, pray and ask God to give you boldness. Pray and expect God to shake up your life a little bit. And then keep on telling people about Jesus, no matter how many people tell you to be quiet. No matter how much you feel threatened in our culture, be passionate and be loyal to Jesus. Third thing I want you to see this morning, last thing I want you to see, main thought out out of this story, is this. Our passion and loyalty to Christ should be continuous and ongoing. In other words, it's not enough that you've been passionate in your life sometime for Jesus. I think a lot of people maybe will think back and think, man, man, 10, 20 years ago, I was really passionate for Jesus. And I was really loyal to Jesus back then. That's great. Quit living in the past and be passionate and loyal now. Have an ongoing passion and loyalty in your life. Look what's said in chapter 5, in verse 17 through 21. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, that's a religious sect inside Judaism, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But... During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. That that means this, go speak the gospel because the gospel is words of life. The gospel gives life, brings you alive out of your, your trespasses and your sins. And then notice what they did in verse 21. And when they heard this, they enter the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, 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 let me pack all this together. Get, get the picture clearly. They have been arrested more than once now for sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus. Now they're arrested again. They're sitting in prison because they've been telling people about Jesus. And God sends an angel to open up the prison doors, which is probably like, I mean, put yourself in those shoes for a minute. Thank God. You know, we, we can get out of prison. <laughs> but then the angel tells them, go to the temple and do the same thing that got you in prison to start with. That, that's really the message. So, so if you want a picture of, of boldness and loyalty that these disciples had, which ought to encourage us to be loyal in our lives and passionate to Jesus, even though they were put in prison, now they're out of prison. And they're told by the Lord to go down to the temple and stand and teach and tell people the gospel. Even though that's what got them in prison to start with, that's exactly what they do. They go to the temple and they stand and they're obedient and they're bold and they proclaim the message that God gave them. Man, that's a picture of loyalty to Christ. That's a picture of how you and I should be passionate. Let's keep reading the story. So... You see, they don't know that the disciples were released by an angel. So, so the next day, they, they, they send someone to the prison to bring the disciples out because they're going to threaten them and abuse them a little bit more. So in Acts chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and, and the high priest questioned them. Yeah, they had to go get them. They arrested them at the temple and they bring them in. And here's what the high priest says. We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Wouldn't it be nice if that could be said about us? Wouldn't it be nice if it could be said about Day 3 Church that we have filled Granite Falls with the teaching about Jesus? If you could say it about your neighborhood, if we could say it about our county, wouldn't it be great if if Christians in in Caldwell County could say, hey, we have filled the county with the teaching of Jesus. We have filled the state of North Carolina with the teaching of Jesus. We have filled our nation. We filled the world with the teaching of Jesus. That's what the accusation was would to God that could be said of us. And it said, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, man, I love this. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom he, he's pointing a big finger at him, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Well, once again, look at the passion of the disciples. Look at the loyalty of the disciples. Here they are being threatened again. And they're saying, we don't care what you say. We can't help but tell what we know, what we've been witnesses of. Let's keep reading verse 40 through 42 of Acts 5. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council. <laughs> Look at this. They didn't leave, you said, Oh, they, uh, poor us. Look, they have abused us again. They've threatened us again. Look what they did. They left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name, talking about the name of Jesus. And then they noticed what they kept doing. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Do you see that? I I think that experience is foreign to us for the most part. But, guys, I want to give you a warning. That if the church doesn't get back to being the church, and if we don't get back to sharing the gospel, and if we just let our culture continue to go the way that it's going, there's coming a day you may be arrested, and you may be beaten, and you may be told and threatened by government officials never ever to say anything in the name of Jesus again. See, it's not enough to say, "Well, I used to be loyal. I used to be passionate." It's not enough to, to temporarily be passionate and loyal, loyal to Jesus. It's not enough to have a, a flash in the pan loyalty that's kind of there and then it sizzles and then, and then it's gone and it burns out. The disciples displayed a continuous and ongoing passion and loyalty to Jesus And we ought to do the same thing. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Savior, we ought to display a passionate loyalty for Jesus. We ought to always be faithful and loyal to Christ. And if it causes others to mistreat us, we ought to rejoice that we can suffer for Jesus because he suffered for us. We should every day, look at what they were doing. It said every day in the temple from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as Christ. We should every day tell others about Jesus. We should never cease telling others about Jesus. We should be passionate about Jesus and loyal to Jesus because of all that he's done for us. All that being said, let me ask you about three questions. What are you really passionate about in your life? Oh, I'm not asking you to stand up and give a testimony, but I want you to honestly answer that in your heart. What are you really, really passionate about? Are you passionate more so for a sports team than you are for Jesus? are you more passionate for your hobby than you are for Jesus? Answer that honestly. What are you really, really passionate about? Second thing, who are you loyal to? I mean, evaluate your life. If, if someone were weighing things out in a set of scales, balances, and, and, and right here's your loyalty and, and your passion for Jesus, and, and over here's other stuff, man, which, which way is the scale going to tilt? Are you really loyal to Jesus or are you loyal to other things? Jesus gave a serious warning that we've already read in this series in Luke chapter 12, verse 8 and 9. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. So as we get ready to have this time of invitation this morning, what are you really passionate about? We've seen in this story in Acts how passionate and how loyal the, the disciples were in light of persecution and being beaten and thrown into prison and threatened and told never ever to say anything in the name of Jesus. But we see them continue and continue and continue and continue telling other people about Jesus. I I think I can speak for all of us. And that is, there's not a single one of us here, including myself or anyone else, that can probably honestly say, you're absolutely as passionate about Jesus and as loyal to Jesus as you should be. I think that's true of all of us. So that means maybe during this invitation time, we need to say, God... God, there's been a time I was more loyal. There's been a time I was more passionate. God, forgive me. God, God help me get that back. God, help me be more passionate. God, help me be more, more loyal to you. Maybe ask him to do that. And also as we have a time of decision, a time of invitation, a time that we ask you to really consider what God is saying to your heart, I want to remind you what verse 12 said in that we read earlier. Verse 12. That we read earlier says this. And there is salvation. In no one else. For there is no other name. Under heaven given. Among men. By which we. What's the word? Must. By which we must be saved. So during this time of invitation this morning, can you say that you know without any doubt that you're saved? Do you know that you have believed in the only name that's given under heaven? That you've believed in the finished work of Jesus on the cross? Do you know that there's salvation available in no one else? It's only exclusively available in Jesus And if you've pushed back on that, if you've rejected that, if you've thought, well, as long as I'm sincere, believe in something, God will let me into heaven. Listen, guys, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. The God that made all the universe, the God that made heaven and earth, that God is the one that gets the right to choose the way we're forgiven. He he has the right to choose The way we can be forgiven of our sins and and become part of the family of God and, and, and enter into heaven one day. There's salvation, no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And if you have never ever trusted in Christ, let that soak in your mind today. Let that soak in your soul today. And just maybe during this time of invitation, you need to come and, and trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the time we had with our, with our children being present. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, that maybe they saw some things, experienced some things today that, that will uh, speak to them strongly as they, as they live their lives. Father, I thank you for Daryl and his work with the children. I pray you continue to to, to bless that. Father, for all of us today, God, wake us up. God, call us back to being more passionate about the gospel, more passionate about, about Jesus. Lord, in spite of what the world may want to tell us, the, in, in spite of, of seemingly the world, many people in the world wanting us to be quiet, God, give us the boldness. Father, we pray for that this morning. Father, we pray for boldness. Father, we pray you help us to be to be passionate, not just here at church, not just when we're singing songs, but, Father, take us outside the doors of this building out into a real world. And God, help us to be passionate for Jesus there. And Father, help us to live our lives loyal to Jesus. Father, I pray you use it to spread the fame of the gospel and the fame of Jesus all across this area. We ask this in the name of Jesus. to our children that are with us today, you can go ahead and stand. But but to our children that are with us today, if if somehow you feel like God is telling you you need to trust in Jesus and you've never done that, why not let your parents know that during this invitation? And and Daryl and myself, either one, would, would be glad to talk to you after the service or talk to you now if you need to come now. If you're here as a as a teenager an adult, and adult, and maybe you've been challenged this morning so much so that, that you're not sure if you're right with God because you, you realize maybe your passions and your loyalty lies in other areas. And if you're just not sure today about your relationship with God, why not come and make it sure? But I think for all of us, as I said earlier, I think all of us this morning, probably during this invitation time, whether it be here on an altar or... Bowed and kneeling at the front, or just standing right where you are, I, I think all of us who know Christ as our Savior probably need to pray today and say, "God, I, God, make me more passionate for Jesus. God, make me more loyal in my life to Jesus." Will you do that as we as we sing? Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production
0: from Day Three Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.